Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family. Take care of your chickens. Take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? What's going on? It is players only. We are back as we have been all season long. We hope to continue our players only show that comes on each and every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. as this season goes along. Unlike the open that Julio just had us going through, Barbershop is not here. He has not entered the building this is not a delay. He did not stay in the bathroom too long. He is just absent. Absent during the playoff week of the Chiefs' first wild card game, first wild card game ever for Patrick Mahomes, and Barbershop is not in the building. So I am flying solo. I am Danon Hughes, former wide receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we are going to have a fun show today. The phone lines and text lines are open. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. We will take calls and text messages in abundance. We will have a few guests, former Chiefs, that will call in and we'll chat up this Chiefs matchup. But as we do each and every week in the first segment, the first quarter of the show, we got to go back. We got to look back. Even though it is playoff time, we have to look back at this past Chiefs game against the hated Denver Broncos. And for me, I think it was a, a game that defensively we, we needed to get momentum back, and we did that with a huge hit, Melvin meeting Melvin in the backfield, and a scoop and score by Nick Bolton. To me, that is something that can set the table, that can carry us through the playoffs. It was a huge win. I thought the NFL did an outstanding job. Very rarely do you hear many people give the NFL a lot of kudos in some of their decisions, but I thought the NFL did an outstanding job with scheduling divisional rivalries, divisional opponents for all games throughout this final week 18 of the season. We saw some upsets. You had the, the lowly Jaguars beat up and knock out the Colts out of the playoffs. The Lions beat the Packers. You had a, a lot of games. The, the Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they didn't have Joe Burrow. But I thought from a business perspective that having divisional rivals, divisional opponents playing in the final week of the season almost guaranteed across the league, outside of the, the Green Bay Packers, it guaranteed across the league that the starters pretty much had to play. And 
from from a viewer's perspective and as a fan now, the entertainment value was at its highest. I was fortunate enough to, because the game got flexed to Saturday in Denver, I met some buddies out in Vegas and actually went to the Raiders-Chargers game. So I was in the building for that game to me. And you, if people know me, they know I have a hard time giving the Raiders any kind of love. But that was probably the game of the season. And how apropos it was for it to be week 18 for both teams with so much on the line. And just the, the experience of being in the Death Star when the back and forth, the tug of war of that game. And I'll get into that a little bit more later. But it was an amazing experience. And again, <laughs> this must be a weird Thursday because I said Raiders, an amazing experience in the same sentence. But it was an amazing experience that I definitely want to go through. But back to our Chiefs in Denver. And I definitely want to hear from the fans out there. Call in, text in, because there's, some, there's a lot of takeaways from that game. Not only for the Chiefs' perspective and what we can do and how we can move through the playoffs, but also for the Broncos. We have to keep an eye out for the teams in our division. The number one thing we have to accomplish each and every year is winning the AFC West. We've done it for six straight years. And within that time, you've had teams that have drafted, that have uh, gotten free agents specifically to combat the Chiefs. The, the roster that has been assembled by the AFC West opponents – has specifically been to try to break down the Chiefs' kingdom, to try to knock down the castle that we've built in the AFC West over these last six years. And a lot of people, I'd say maybe about 10 weeks ago, thought that that had happened. Fortunately for us, we knew we had confidence in this organization. We had confidence in Brett Veach. We had confidence in Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo that they could assemble a team that when it was right, when it was necessary, we were going to be able to field a championship-caliber team. And I think that's where we are. For people that have listened to our show, Sean Barber, when he's Rafikiing Carrington during the, the, the show before us and uh, coming on to this show, he and I both are in agreement or have been in agreement that you don't have to be the best team in September. It's not necessary to be the best team even in October. But once you get into late November, December, and now with the 17th game into January, you need to be hitting your stride. And if you're not going to get the first seed, just being a part of the dance is necessary. Now, fortunately, because we were able to get eight straight wins, we put ourselves in prime position to, to get the number one seed. We lost that with the loss to Cincinnati, but then stay atop with the two seed. And I don't know if many people believe that the Tennessee Titans are a, a, a juggernaut in the AFC, but I kind of feel like this might be a 2019 remake where the Chiefs were the two seed and the Ravens lost to the Titans, and then we had home field advantage. I'm not saying we should look past this Steelers team. We're going to get to that in the fourth quarter, but I will say – that this is not by any means as powerful a playoff uh, schedule or a playoff team 
that team roster of teams that we've had in many years. I, I think there are some openings, there are some 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 kinks in the armor, and there are opportunities that if the Chiefs play their style of football with their identity that we've seen during this final stretch of the season, we could have another AFC champion have to come through Arrowhead Stadium. And I think everybody would love that, especially the fans that are going to be filing to filing in to Arrowhead Stadium starting this weekend. But going back to that Denver Bronco game, as the text line is open, 913-576-7610, uh, it's important to recognize that, one, the Denver Broncos, they get rid of their coach. I will say this. Drew Locke can be a very viable quarterback in the league. I think if he's given the right coaching out in Denver with that defense, with those, the stable of running backs and wide receivers, a couple six-foot-four guys, some big receivers that can create separation, if he's given the right tutelage, he can be a viable threat in the AFC West. Everybody knows that Drew, Drew is from here in Lee Summit. Uh, outside of the two games that we play against them each and every year, I'm sure there are many around the Chiefs' kingdom that would love to cheer for Drew Locke. You go into the Chargers. The Chargers were, were fake gold. They were Fugazis. They were a team that everybody thought early in the season, just because they were playing their best football early in the season, that they were going to dethrone the Chiefs. And they showed themselves as smoke and mirrors. They have... A lot of weapons, but they couldn't figure out how to assemble those weapons in the right way to get winning football when it was necessary. They have a gambling coach in Brandon Staley that just couldn't get out of his own way, tried to establish a, a, an identity where they were going against the grain with all fourth downs and all situations that he had created away and the sabermetrics and all that stuff that he had it figured out. And now they're going to sit at home on their comfortable couches watching two other AFC West teams play in the playoffs. And then we come to our home Chiefs. Our hometown Chiefs, when people thought earlier in this season that they were figured out, that Patrick Mahomes was broken, and that we weren't creative enough on defense, that we had holes in our team that couldn't be overcome. And then we go on an eight-game stretch, and the excuses were about uh, amounting in regards to the personnel we were playing against. And we played an Aaron Rodgers-less Packers, and we played a Giants team. And, uh, you know, the, there were all these excuses of why we were winning and how we were winning. And yet wins came after wins after wins. Then all of a sudden we played a Cincinnati Bengals, who had so much on the, the table to play for, and we were back to square one. We got figured out. Too many big plays. Jamar Chase, too many big plays against our defense. Our offense sputtered in the second half. So many questions around this Chiefs team, and yet all we did was plug away. And then you come to the end of the season, and Andy Reid talked about it in his press conference. It was how tough it is, and I don't think people realize how tough it is that when you secure an AFC West title with two games left in the season – you have uh, at least one home, one game, and you are in a position where you can secure the number one seed. How tough it is to really gear yourself up specifically for this Denver Broncos game because at that point, 
our fate as a number one seed was out of our control, specifically for this Denver Broncos game, that you were able to go out without your number one running back. You lose your number one receiver in pregame warmups. Your your new number one slash number two running back, Darrell Williams, goes down with an injury. And you're still able to churn and away a victory in enemy territory in basically a parking lot. It was a terrible field, worse than most high school fields around this Kansas City area. And the Chiefs, thank goodness, did not come away with any kind of serious injuries from that game. Denver should be ashamed of themselves for having that kind of field uh, be on display at the NFL level for a week seventeen, a week eighteen game. But the Chiefs came away with the victory. I think we should be proud of this organization. Uh, there are so many highlights, not just plays, but players. Uh, the elevation of young players, the emergence of young players, the the presence of older players that catapulted this team to a position where they now have become accustomed to being over these last four years. And we should be happy that we got the win. It wasn't pretty. It was a little closer than most people would have liked to have. But yet in this, in this league, this is not the NBA. This is not any other sport. A win is a win. Whether it's one point or 20 points, it's still a win. And it's not indicative. Contrary to any other league, you think about it. The NFL... You can win by one point every single game, and people criticize that while there are teams that lose by 30 and then win by one or two points, and they still think they're great just because of how big that one win might be or a few wins here or there. But in essence, as a former player that's been in the locker room, any player will tell you a win is a win, and we should relish that. No team is perfect, but – we are in a situation where we exactly wanted to be coming into the preseason, that we wanted to be in the playoffs with the home field game, at least two home field games if we win, possibly a third depending on how things shake out, exactly like we were just a couple years ago when we made that strong run to the Super Bowl. Before we go to the break, I know Dan, Dan, because Barbershop is gone, I want to come to you real quick because you bring so much energy to this show each and every week. So, Julio, let's see what Dan's about. Dan, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Dan, how you doing? Yeah, it was a great comeback by the Chiefs of Melbourne, England with the great play, and then with the defensive play of the night, and then uh, who was it? The Felton, uh, I'm Bolton running you for 89. I'm not, I'm not taking the skills for granted. You know, Chiefs will find a way to stop, you know, T.J. Watt. You know, all the Chiefs offense got to do is show up, and they will They will show up. I think it'll be a three-touchdown game. And I think Melbourne, England's going to uh, you know, be motivated because of Mike Tomlin letting him go, you know. And, you know, it's going to be – I think Chiefs will pull away in the first half. What do you think, Dan? Thanks a lot, Dan. Dan, let me just tell you that your calls each and every week is like a shot of five-hour energy with a Red Bull chaser. Julio and I walked into the studio, and he's like, Dana, you look like you're dragging. So as soon as I saw your name up, I, I was like, I got to get to Dan because he's going to wake me up strong, and you came through it in strong fashion. I believe – thank you for your call. I believe that – T.J. Watt is definitely going to be a challenge for this Chiefs defense. We did not play against a full speed T.J. Watt just three weeks ago. 
Uh, Cam Haywood is definitely a beast. Showed that he's a beast as well. Minka Fitzpatrick, New Jersey kid, is gonna is one of the top safeties in this game. So by no means should we look past the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in the first quarter, we always talk back. We talked about the Denver Broncos and the AFC West. But when we come back, we're going to tackle some of these text messages. And in the fourth quarter, we will specifically address this Steelers matchup. So stick with us. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. Second quarter of Players Only. I am Danon Hughes, and I am without Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop. He is not in the building. He's playing hooky today. The most crucial show of the season, right before our playoff run, right before Patrick Mahomes' first ever wild card game throughout his career, and Sean Barber is absent. We love Sean Barber. We hope he's well. Hope his family's well. Obviously, but he's absent here. Sean, you cannot make the club in the tub. You know that. There's no room for that on this roster. So we hope you get back next week and we can count on you. All right, to the text line. We got the text line open, 913-576-7610. Just like each and every week, we are brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. From the 913, that terrible field almost looked intentional, like to slow down the passing attack. It's possible. Uh, I went to the University of Iowa. We played against the University of Miami in college, and the grass was cut a little higher for when the U came to town to Iowa City to slow down those stallions. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that field maintenance takes a back seat. When you're trying to get an advantage, I'm not saying it. I don't know. There was some snow on the ground, so maybe they didn't cover the field and take care of it, knowing that they weren't in the playoffs. Uh, but it was a travesty. And fortunately for us, no one got hurt on that field. And hopefully from a professional level, they the NFL throws a hammer down on them just a little bit stronger, letting them know that that should not be a factor going forward uh, for 2022 season. We had Dan call in, gave us a boost of energy in quarter one. And in quarter two, we got a special guest, former tight end with the Kansas City Chiefs, started his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, had one of the big plays in playoff history against this Pittsburgh Steelers team with a huge block punt in the 1993-94 playoffs. We got former tight end with the Kansas City Chiefs, Keith Cash, what's going on, Cash? What's up, Danon? What's up, Danon? You know, doggone good and well. Denver wet that field down. <laughs> trying to slow down, try, try, trying to neutralize that speed a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, we can't put it past anybody. We know about gamesmanship. You know, we you take either personal levels on the field of doing things to get an edge. Uh, we've heard stories. Uh, we had former teammates that went the extra mile just to try to get an extra inch. And so I wouldn't put it past uh, an entire organization to do something like that, especially a hated rivalry like the Denver Broncos. That's right. That's right. I remember Joe Phillips <laughs> eating onions and garlic before a game. 
trying to get him doing anything he can to get an edge. I was just about to say that. I wondered if you remembered that. And for the listeners out there, we had a defensive tackle, Joe Phillips, longtime NFL player, and his locker was right next to mine. So, first of all, I don't know how I got lockered next to a defensive lineman, but it, he was cool. And uh, But he would bring in a Ziploc bag of garlic and onions and peppers and all assortment, and he would sit there and eat it like it was fruit, like it was just some grapes. And I, finally, I had the guts in my third season. I, I didn't have the guts in my rookie year. Second year, I was still kind of perplexed. By the third season, I was like, all right, Joe, why are you eating this junk? Why are you eating these gar- this garlic and onions like it's fruit and you're, you know, before a game? Sitting in this locker with full uniform on, eating that, and he said, Danon, if I get them thinking about my breath, that's one extra step I got on them. <laughs> and I couldn't argue with him. Couldn't argue with him. But, yeah, I, I, would, you know, I wouldn't put it past the Denver Broncos either, Cash. Whatever works, man. Whatever works. You got to get that edge. So I want to pick your brain because barbershop, you know, I always tell him that the smarter side of the football is the offensive side of the football. And uh, with his absence here, he's the one playing hooky. And now we have the smarter side, both of us being a former tight end and former wide receiver. So we get to enlighten my listeners on this show right now. Tell me about your thoughts on this Chiefs team, the emergence from the beginning of the season to where we are now, and then about this upcoming matchup against the Steelers. I think we saw it. I think I. it's been like a tale of two seasons almost. You know, the first half of the season, I don't know, but they didn't click. A lot of turnovers, a lot of balls that typically didn't find defenders did. So we had a lot of turnovers, a lot of nothing seemed to click, offensively or defensively. Halfway through that season, or after about six, seven games, I felt that they just, I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to say that a, a switch was flipped, but that's almost like it was because they came out defensively, kind of got into the groove first, and then offensively came, offense came along. And now, I mean, the offense is, is at a level now where they can carry this team in the defense. If we can get close to where we were, uh, about three or four games ago, I think that we're going to be hard to stop. And I think if you, when you look at the Steelers, man, that offense is so bad. If our defense comes out and plays and, and really gets after the quarterback and, and stops the run, th- this game can get kind of ugly, Damon. Yeah. I really do think it can. Yeah, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head because I think if you look back at that past, the past game just three weeks ago, Najee Harris ran 19 carries for 93 yards in a blowout loss. So when I think about, you know, your comments in regards to this offense that the Steelers are going to to show up with, there's a little bit of concern because in a blowout, you had a, a running back that almost ran for 100 yards. So if you're able to, if for, from their perspective, if you're able to keep the game close, then that will allow them to run the ball more than they did when they had to try to play catch-up with Big Ben. So, yeah, I I think there's a concern there. You and I have been a part of some of the devastating losses in Chiefs history in the postseason, and I'm not sure if you're like me. I guess the question would be, do you have the same mindset as maybe a little uneasiness as we get into the playoffs, even with the arsenal that we have, 
with the success that we've had with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes specifically, do you, I'm, I'm putting myself out there now. Do you feel like there's still a little bit of uneasiness when it comes to playoffs because of those devastating losses? I think it's a little uneasy when you get to the playoffs because it's one and you're done. There is no room for error. So you have to put your best foot forward every single game. We can't say let's get them next week. We got to get, I mean, from, from the word go, you got to be focused in and you have to play with a sense of urgency. And I think what they have, what the Chiefs have proved over the last couple of years is when they get to the playoffs, they're just a better team. They're, 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 take it up a level that other teams typically can't get to. And I think, the, you know, two years ago during our run, we got down on a couple couple teams. But, again, there were some turnovers that, that, that led to some leads. And as long as we don't do those things, as long as we take care of business, I don't see this game being close. It, it, I mean, it's uneasy just because it's, it's one and you're done, man. Mm-hmm. This is it. Everything that we work for. And, and everyone saw last week. Last week, there's a lot of upsets, a lot of things that could have happened that should have happened. Uh, yeah, the Colts that went home got knocked off by a pretty bad team. So I'm not saying it can't happen. Well, I don't expect it to happen. I, I, I think this is going to be one of those games where uh, the, the stress is unwarranted because I don't think Steelers have what it takes to – keep up with our offense unless we do something offensively to keep them in the game, whether that's turnovers on a short field, uh, penalties in the, in the uh, penalties, uh, special teams giving up a block pun or a, uh, a run back or something like that. I think there's going to be some, some out-of-the-ordinary things are going to have to happen if the Steelers are going to win this game. So uh, I want to also, you know, recently – We've seen Big Ben kind of play tongue-in-cheek with some of his comments about, you know, everybody's counting against him. I don't know why we even show up and all that babble. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Because I I kind of feel like, you know, that's just just talk. It's it's really just talk. You know, you're talking about a storied organization with a lot of history. Mike Tomlin being an outstanding coach. Um, has done an outstanding job leading that organization. And, I, you know, that's not a mindset that's in the locker room. That's more of just tongue-in-cheek talk just to appease and create, a, uh, create something for the, for the media as they come into this game, right? That's all it is. That's all <laughs> it is. He doesn't believe for a second that, that uh, they don't have a chance. I think that they – I mean, Tomlin, he has done a heck of a job. I'm telling you, that's, this, this cat – He's one of the best in the NFL at getting his players motivated. These guys were supposed to be out three weeks ago. Yep. And they keep winning games. They keep winning games. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And, you know, maybe it was against some, some teams that weren't the upper echelon of teams. But he gets, he gets them ready to play. They're going to be ready to play. Um, even with that, I don't think that they have the weapons to – Keep up with the Chiefs if we are functioning at a at a at a very high level. But you know what? That's why you play the game. I mean, the Chargers probably thought they'd be playing this week too. So you you just never know. But I don't expect. I you know, fourteen points is about right. I think that we're that much better than they are. But everything goes out the window if you start turning the ball over. If they get the running game going, 
so they're shortening games and we're not getting as many possessions. There's a lot of things that have to happen, but things have happened in the past. So, yep. Well, I'll get you out on this. Keith, real quick, what's your prediction on score? I'm going to keep a tab of you and Barbershop, maybe Lockett and a few others on on the score of this game. Maybe we'll have a, a, a drink or dinner on it. I am going to say 34-17. 34-17 from Cash Money. We appreciate the time, brother. Thanks a lot for chiming in in Barbershop's absence. Uh, we appreciate you. For everybody, that's Keith Cash, former chief, tight end. One of the biggest plays in Chiefs playoff history was that block punt. My rookie season, your second year against this same Pittsburgh Steelers organization. But we appreciate the time. Go ahead and get back to your family, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Go Chiefs. Indeed. All right. We are down in the second quarter. It's now halftime of players only. And we, when we come back, we'll have another guest that will chime in. I want to hear from these, these former players as well as you guys on the text line and phone line, 913-576-7610, about this upcoming matchup. Let's not look past this Steelers organization. I see the retirement memes and all that stuff. Gets me a little uneasy. We'll talk more about it next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back, players only, third quarter of the show. We appreciate Keith Cash taking his time out to chime in during quarter two. I am Danon Hughes. Barbershop is not in the building. We expect and hope for him to be back next week. Each and every week, we're brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We got the phone lines, text lines open. Jay Southland Tow Service text line 913-576-7610 and we got another guest calling in as well we're going to get to him and then normally we have the Times Yours segment that is the third quarter of the show <clears throat> Times Yours but unfortunately actually fortunately because we have other guests calling in we're going to delay that just a bit and get more into that into the fourth quarter. So we got Michael from Wichita on the line as well. But we're going to tackle Kevin Lockett, former wide receiver Kansas State, from Kansas State, as well as Kansas City Chiefs, second-round pick, 1997. I just found out that my man Julio knocked his wife out of the fantasy football pool, and yet, Kevin Locke is still saw fit to accept your call, Julio, and join the show. What's up, Locke? What's going on, man? Not much, brother. How you guys? How you doing? How's the family? Everybody all right? Yeah, man. Everybody's good, but y'all should have had me on in the fourth quarter because that's when I used to get busy. Oh, that, oh, my bad. I didn't realize. I should have known. I should have known that that you usually get busy in the fourth quarter when you was a wildcat and when you were with the Chiefs. That's my bad. I I I I'll learn. I'll learn and I'll know next time, brother. <laughs> but we just got off from Keith Cash chiming in and talking about this Chiefs team, where they are now, where they were during the season, how we got to this point, and Patrick Mahomes playing in his first wild card game ever. Uh what's your assessment of where this Chiefs team is and what we look forward to in this postseason? Well, 
Well, I mean, I think we can look forward to a deep run is my hope. Uh, you know, I think this team is built in a way um, to go deep and to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, we've shown flashes in every area of the game throughout the season that would allow us to be a Super Bowl champion. I think the question now is, you know, can we put it all together at the right time um, and not make, you know, some of the simple mistakes that we've made throughout the season at certain times. But from an offensive perspective, uh, you know, I think we're built to run the football if we need to. Obviously, we have Patrick under center, uh, which just means anything is possible when he puts the ball up in the air. Uh, but, again, get into our key playmakers. Keep having guys like Pringle and Robinson and other guys step up, um, and we'll be fine on offense. I think from a defensive perspective, it's just don't give up the big play. Um, yeah. You know, we can shoot, give up a bunch of yards, but let's not give up seven, uh, and let's not give up easy scores. If they're going to score a touchdown, let's force them to, to drive down the field and earn it, but let's not give up. Uh, big chunk plays, as we used to call them, uh, and, and put easy quick points on the board. So I feel comfortable. I feel I really like the matchups that it looks like we might have, and I'm um, hoping we have a deep run. Well, with the Steelers' upcoming matchup, Locke, I kind of feel like, you know, I wouldn't say it's a trap game because you can't have a trap game in the playoffs, but I kind of feel like there are a lot of people that are overlooking the Steelers in part because they – they struggled to get into the playoffs. We blew them out just three weeks ago. And you've been around. Your rookie year was one of the most devastating postseasons of my career in 1997 when we lost to the Broncos. Um, so you've seen this. We've seen this during the, our tenure here in Kansas City, even as former players, where teams that have come in that are not as good, they wind up being – just a little bit better on that specific day. So uh, do you kind of bear any of the concern about this Steelers team coming in, or are you of the same mindset of many people in the Twitterverse that this is a, a walkthrough game? I saw Nick Wright talking on, on his show in Fox that this is almost like a buy, and each time I see these comments, my stomach turns just a little bit. How, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think anytime you get into the playoffs, um, there are all, there's always the capacity that, that the opposing team can beat you. I mean, you take a good look at this. We're talking about the top, the upper half uh, of the teams that are in the NFL. So yep. on any given day, uh, any team can beat you. And that's why, you know, we used to always say that's why they play the game on Sunday uh, is because any given team can win in any matchup. And when you really think about it, they match up fairly well against them. Mm -hmm. um, their strength is always their defense. Um, and our strength is our offense. And so if their defense comes out uh, and is holding us uh, or limiting us on the scoreboard, um, that's part of their strength. Their weakness, if you want to call it their weakness, is their offense. Uh, but that's where we've been weak as well as on the defensive side, where we've, we've tended to give it up points uh, to some offenses that don't seem to be all that good. Um, so they are actually a really good matchup for us, and it's one where we clearly uh, need to take care of business and, and need to do it early. But you know that they're going to be very emotional. Uh, it's Big Ben's sort of farewell journey, if you will. Um, they're all going to be playing lights out because they don't want to see Big Ben go home. Um, so we're going to have to play, but this is definitely a game where we can look up and going into early in the fourth quarter, it could be a tied game or a one-score game if we're not taking care of business like we should early in the game. Locke, we'll get you out real quick. Last question. I asked Keith the same question. What's your prediction on the score this week, I'm putting dinner on the line uh, for, for you guys between Keith, myself, and you on who's going to be closest 
to the actual score. What's your score in this game? I actually think we come out and we're inspired. Uh, and I'm going to say 38 for the Chiefs and 17 for the Steelers. Okay, so so what, Julio, we had Keith said 34-17, Lockett added a four-point uh, margin there. So 38-17 for Kevin Lockett, 34-17 for Keith Cash. I'm going to reveal my prediction at the end of the fourth quarter. Lock, we appreciate the time, man. Go ahead and take care of that family. Chef Lockett RD was cooking dinner tonight. He's got basketball practices. He's coaching. He's doing it all. But we appreciate you carving out time, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. All right. Before we get to this break and the fourth quarter, I want to tackle some of these texts as well. Actually, we're just going to take Michael on the phone line because we are carving into the normal Time yours. Time's yours segment. Michael, you're on the line. What's yes, going on, sir. bro? Yes, sir. How you doing? Doing all right, man. How you? I'm good. Last time we talked, I didn't mean to speak ill will of your basketball game because we ain't never stepped on the court yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say this. We both know as former players, when you crush somebody like we did the Steelers, our ears go up and on high alert because we know in that Steelers locker room, that is pride. That's one of the best organizations in football, and they have one hell of a coach who's never had a losing season and mm-hmm. why? because he knows how to maximize his talent. So we got to go in with all ears up and we got to go in thinking this is possession for possession game absolutely man i appreciate the call appreciate the comments and i totally believe it as well uh here here's the school of thought that i have before we go to break if for some reason you had a situation where you played the same team every single week who's the worst team in the nfl the jets some people may argue the jaguars uh some people might say the lions let's say the chiefs lined up against one of those teams for 17 straight weeks. There may only be three, four, maybe five blowouts in that matchup. And I guarantee, as good as we think our team is, there will be a couple of upsets in there. So you have to be always on on point, always on alert, especially after you blow out a team just a few weeks prior to their matchup and the rematch. And given the circumstances and, and their, the Steelers organization, you also have to be on alert just for that. They have pride. They have dignity. They have a lot of incentive to come in here and shock the world. Let's also not, remember, let's also not forget, before we go to break, just a couple of years ago, we got embarrassed by the Tennessee Titans down at Tennessee. And then we went on a streak where we didn't lose a game for the rest of the season and we had to play that same Tennessee Titans team in the playoffs, and what happened? We turned around and beat them up. Not saying that's going to happen, but let's just be concerned and not get ahead of ourselves. When we come back for the fourth quarter, we got text to tackle. Jamaican Ken is on the line. Stay on hold, and then I'm going to give you my predictions and overall view of this matchup. We'll get to it. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Fourth quarter of the show, Players Only, and we are back. I am Damon Hughes. Barbershop is not in the building, but I did just hear that he has called in. I need, I need somebody to text in to see if I need to let him on 
the air. We got just about seven minutes left in the show. We got Jamaican Ken on the line and several text messages. I still got to give my prediction. I'm just not sure if I want to utilize any of that extra time to get Barbershop with his absence at a studio to jump on the show. So maybe Jamaican Ken or somebody can talk me into it. What's going on, Jamaican Ken? What's up, buddy? Doing all right, man. Hey, just forgive him, man. Just forgive the barber, man. He, you know he's been with you all year long. I, I plead for him. That's all. Hey, I want to just say, hey, the Chief going to be uh, my prediction 38-17. And uh, if we play all three phases in the game, 100% show up, and don't self-inflict it ourselves, you know we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to Cali. Sure, you're right. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Jamaican Ken. Appreciate the endorsement for Barbershop. Barbershop, I guess. I guess I got to bring you in. Jamaican Ken, you know, he's a, he's a weekly caller, supporter. He endorsed us taking our time to get you on in your absence, playing hooky. This has been an eventful season for you, man. Me and you. Are you done? Are you done yet? Can we can we can we get down to it? Are you done? Are you in the bathroom? No, I ain't in no bathroom, man. I'm sitting at my kitchen table, sucker. <laughs> uh, again, let's let listeners know, uh, barbershop, aka, I'm in the not in the building, but I'm on the phone, but <laughs> listening, man. Obviously, a great show player is only always coming at you. Well, listen, man. Sometimes a man can't make it to the studio. Got things to do. Got, got family. Got responsibilities. So, unfortunately, one Julio, you got a violin back there you could play. I'm sorry, Barbershop. Go ahead. Don't nobody need no violin. It is what it is. Jamaican Ken told you I rode strong with you all year long, and the one time Barbershop can't make it to the building, I got to deal with all this backstabbing, all this backstabbing going on. It's all right. Hey, man, fans, you understand? Six ten radio players only. Barbershop is loyal to the cause, so I'm gonna call in. And, yes, give you my prediction, give you my time of what's going to go down on this Sunday night playoff wild card weekend. The Chiefs are going to explode out the gut at the gate. I think we're going to be up 14-6 uh, to six going into halftime. And then we're going to put up another 14, and they might get three more field goals. So I'm going to go uh, 28-15. Oh. Five field goals for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Big Ben, him and his pity, pity, playing his pity party. We're the worst team. I know nobody expects nobody's falling for that. No one gets overlooked in the playoffs. You got to the playoffs because you're a good team, but you'll be facing a great team here in Kansas City. Um, so we, we're going to move on. I think all the home teams are going to win. Uh, the one home team I think on Wild Card Weekend you might not want to bet on is you better stay away from that uh, 49ers at Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So, Barbershop, you don't have a concern with, uh, you know, I just mentioned on the last segment about, looking back at our Super Bowl run in 2019 and then the 2020 playoffs where we got beat by the Tennessee Titans and then turned around and beat them to get to the Super Bowl. Do you have any concern with how close this game or this matchup has been twice in four weeks that we'll play this same team, that uh, they could show up in a different fashion? Uh, is there concern there, or you just have that much confidence in the Chiefs? Well, I think the Chiefs have been uh, evolving all year. So I think what we do on defense is uh, we realize that we we got to play some press man. we got to play man coverage. we got to bring the pressure. Uh, we're going to make it uncomfortable for Big Ben. Um, and that's what we – that's our mantra. we got to do what we do. We can't be trying to recreate ourselves the night before the big dance and try to be something we're not. 
So on defense, we're going to bring pressure. We don't always have to bring uh, five or six men. We got, we got guys up front. Uh, we got a three-headed monster that everybody knows about. Um, Ingram, Frank Clark, and Jones. They can yep. get pressure on any offensive line, especially this offensive line the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming here with. Um, and, and really, Pittsburgh don't have any answer as far as the passing game of preventing us from getting the big bend. Uh, when we get there, we got to make the tackles. That's mm-hmm. one thing against the Cincinnati Bengals. We, we, let, a, we let a few sacks, would-be sacks. Uh, we let Joe Burrow kind of escape it. And what we know about Big Ben, he's a little bit up there in age. He might be around Dana's age, <laughs> uh, Grandpa Dana. So he ain't, he ain't going to be avoiding nothing. But we got to make sure we get him down, get him on the ground. Uh, he's a master of the pump fake. He'll pump fake a, a go route the one way, full extension of the ball, and mm-hmm. not throw it, and then come back to the other side of the field. So you can't you can't always break on the long arm on the ball or the ball like most uh, like we do with most quarterbacks. So we got to play our our zones a little bit more true. Uh, keep your eyes on the quarterback and wait for him to actually throw the ball. I mean, in the running game, we know we got a beast of a guy coming. Um, this guy's, I, mean, I think, uh, one of the top ten running backs in the league this year. Uh, Najee Harris has been a beast. He's carried the workload. Uh, but it's been a long season for the young man. And I think everybody kind of, that wear and tear catches up with him. So uh, we've got we to hit him early and often. We've got to play defense as a unit, all 11 guys pursuing to the ball. And then on offense, man, we just got to move the chain, do what we do, take what's given to us. Are we shown we can put up uh, 30 points a game uh, by taking the check downs and the flat routes, and we ain't got to go up top and, 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 get, and get risky with it. Um, and then we have the opportunity to make them pay. Uh, we, we got Miko Hardman, we got Pringle, we got guys that can make you pay, take a, a flare route, uh, a little hitch route, yep. and, and, and take it down the field. So I appreciate it. Playmakers make plays. Yes, Barbershop, appreciate the time. Appreciate you taking up just mo- most of the fourth quarter of this show even though in your absence. But, Julio, cut Barbershop off so I can get to my prediction. That's what I do in the fourth quarter. Barbershop, thanks a lot. We appreciate you. I got the text line, 913, say Keith Cash, the coolest name in football. I agree. Let Barbershop chime chime in. Not anymore. We got 30 seconds left. Here's my prediction. Chiefs beat the Steelers. I think it's going to be a little closer than everybody thinks. I'm going to say... 30 to 23, the Chiefs will win this game. I don't anticipate, contrary to Barbershop, I don't anticipate them kicking very many field goals. It's all or nothing for them. They're going to take a a page out of Brandon Staley's book and try to score, going for it on fourth down, etc. For Julio, not for Barbershop. And for me, we appreciate you chiming in. We'll see you next week. Peace. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.